in Psalms chapter 137. Let, let me share a few things that the Lord has been showing me. Um, a lot of this is, is an exhortation, but it's some things the Lord has just been really uh, showing me the last couple months as I've just had to try to um, Try to navigate through, through through life, but I know I'm not alone. There's every person in this room, every person online. We're all navigating through life. Some the same things, others different things. The good news is that God knows what you're going through, and that God is here to get you through what you're going through. And in Psalms chapter 137, verses 1 through 4, it's probably a Psalms you read through and you don't pay a whole lot of attention to, but I want to use it today to just kind of communicate what I believe God is saying. This is what this weekend is for. This is what this gathering is for. It says in verse 1, By the rivers of Babylon, there we captives sat down. Yes, we wept when we earnestly remembered Zion, that's Jerusalem, the city that was their homeland of our God, imprinted on our hearts. Verse 2, On the willow trees in the midst of Babylon, we hung our harps. Read that again. On the willow trees in the midst of Babylon, we hung our harps. For there who led us captive, for there they who led us captive, required of us a song and words. Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing, God's people said, the Lord's song in a strange some translations will say foreign land. Let, let me just back up to verse 3. For there they who led us captive, this is the Babylonians, the Babylonian Empire, they, they led us captive, took us out of Jerusalem, our homeland, and they required of us a song with words, sing us one of the songs of Zion. See, I'm going to say this in just a moment, but I, but, but, but I need to just... I need to sow this thought right now is that all of God's people or all of God's people's enemies knew that God's people were a people of worship, that they loved to sing, that they loved to dance, they loved to celebrate their God. <laughs> that, 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 that should mark the Christian faith. When, when it's worship time, it shouldn't be... We should be the most joyful people that when it comes to celebrating our God, it should be such a, a pleasure, such an opportunity that even if we get an hour taken out of our 24 hours, we can't wait to get with God's people. 
I've come to tell somebody today, don't let the enemy steal your song. Don't let the enemy steal your song. Don't let the circumstances, we could entitle so many things, don't let the circumstances or the struggle or the crisis steal your song. Don't let the pain, don't let the disappointments, don't let the failures, the, the frustrations steal your song. Why is that important? Because there's a lot of people in whom the enemy has stolen their song. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the help to minister your truth. Thank you for the anointing in this moment that destroys every yoke and removes every burden. God, help us today. Heal the broken hearts. Help us to navigate, Lord, through the twists and turns of life itself. God, give us hope today. Let faith arise in your people. Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let me explain as Tom, you just stay with me. Let, let me explain what's going on in this Psalms for those don't really don't get it. This is referring to a time where God's people had actually been living a wonderful life in Jerusalem, their their hometown and all was really going well for them. They had joy. Gas prices were really good. <laughs> they, they had peace. And like I said earlier, they were people that were known for their celebrations. They were known for their, their worship. They were known for playing their instruments. They were known for declaring their worship to their, to their God. But things have changed in this particular Psalms and their circumstances have changed and the enemy has attacked them. The Babylonian Empire and has utterly destroyed their homeland, much like what we're seeing today in the world in Ukraine. Um, their, their Jerusalem, their Zion, their, has been reduced to rubble. Everything in their town, their community, their, their life has been destroyed by the enemy. And now they've been carried off and, uh, into captivity. We know, for those that study the Bible, this lasts for like 70 years for many of them. And then they come back and rebuild. And, but they've been carried off into captivity to Babylon. And God's people are hurting. They're, they're devastated. They're overwhelmed with pain and, and disappointment. It got so bad for them that they, they made the decision, we read it there, that they take their harps, their harps, which was one of their primary instrument, instrument I'm looking for tabo, it was a string instrument, a harp. I keep telling, tabo, get me some violins, get me some... Give Tava, we need, we got to have, get me a harp. That was their primary instrument there. And they take their harps, their primary instrument of worship, and the Bible says they hung them up in the willow trees. 
Now, the willow trees here represents weeping and sorrow. They take their harps and they, 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 they hang them up into the willow trees. They hang them in the trees of, of sorrow and weeping. And so by doing this, they're saying, because of what has taken place in our life, we're never going to sing again. We're never going to worship again. In, in other words, life got so bad for them that they, they lost their song. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I feel Jesus here. They, they lost their song. They, they lost their, their worship. They, they hung up their harps in sorrow. It was all because of these hard times in their life. It was all because of the circumstances that they were going through that caused them to make a decision to hang up their worship. You see, when things happen, when trouble comes, and you're facing the unimaginable, the difficulties of life that cause you to ask questions like, where in the world is God. Well, if I've heard it once, I've heard it so many times in the last several years. Why, Lord? Why? Why? In fact, that's what I was going to actually be preaching on today. You, you, you'll probably want to come back next weekend. We're going to deal with the question of why. Because Job had a whole lot of whys in his life. And God answered not his why, but God gave him an answer to his why. So many people are asking why, where in the world is God? And it's in this moment that the enemy tries to tell you to just hang it up, to just quit and give up, to just take your harp and hang it in the willow tree because, face it, you're never going to be happy again. So many people. We could be honest and real. I know we're in church, so we got to fake it till we make it. But if we could be really real today, so many people find themselves, they, they have lost their song. They, they've actually hung it up in the willow trees. They've, they've lost their worship in the tree of sorrow. And the Bible says that they were in a strange land. Now, we know that was a foreign land, but I like that. One translation says it was in, in a strange land. In other words, they were dealing, God's people were dealing with things that they had never planned for. They, they had never dealt with this before. Uh, and when I thought about that, I thought to myself, wow, that, that seems like, like the day we're living in. I mean, we're living in strange times. Can I get a witness here? Can I can, get somebody in the chat that will help me today? We're, we're living in strange times. Is anybody dealing with things that they didn't plan for? I mean, is life going just perfect for anybody in this room? Is life going perfect for anybody on planet Earth? Because I'd like to meet you. But don't be shocked. Because if you actually read your Bible, the Bible would tell you that you're going to have Stuff, trouble. I almost wanted to cuss there, but I, 
I, I, I refrain myself. Hmm. Strange times. I mean, we saw, I mean, let me say it like this. Who, 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 who saw this coming? The pandemic, the division, the strife, the wars. And I'm not talking about the world. I'm just talking that in the church. There's still people who haven't come back to church because they're mad. Fighting with church folks. Who, who, who saw this coming? Where our lives would be interrupted. And so often in these strange times, the enemy says to us, just give up. Hang up your harp. Lose your song. And I've come to ask somebody today, has your mouth gone silent? Have you hung up your harp? Have you stopped worshiping? Have you become a prisoner of war, a POW, a prisoner of hopelessness, a prisoner of despair, a prisoner of depression, a, a prisoner of defeat, a prisoner of fear and, and worry? Are, are, are you a POW today? This is what I need you to know. This is what I believe God wants me to communicate to you. God is looking for another kind of POW. He's looking for a prisoner of worship. Come on, he's looking for a prisoner, somebody who regardless of what happens to them, they still have their harp in hand, they still have their song in their mouth, and they still have their worship. I've come to remind somebody today that worship is the believer's weapon. It's actually how you overcome the challenges and the problems of life. And oh, how the enemy knows this, right? Satan himself, who was once called Lucifer, he was the worship leader in heaven before rebellion. And pride entered his heart, his heart, and he got kicked out of heaven. Oh, how Satan knows your song is so important. Oh, how he knows that he's got he's to get you to hang your harp up in the willow tree. You see, worship is a position Satan used to have. But I've come to tell you, you have it now. I said, you have it now. And that's why, that's why the enemy isn't happy with you, because you took his position. See, Satan knows if he's going to defeat you, that he has to stop your worship. He has to stop your love for God. So he's always working on you to what? Steal your song. It's all about your song. It's all about your worship. You thought it was about COVID? No, it was about your church attendance. Hello. 
You, you thought it was about some pandemic. No, it was about your commitment. He's got to steal your song. He's got to get you discouraged. He's got to get you in worry. He's got to get you in fear. So you'll take your harp and you'll put it up in the tree of sorrow. I wish I could get some help in here today. He always is working on your song. He wants to steal your harp, steal your worship. I've come to tell you, if he can't steal your song, then he can't steal your victory. If he can't steal your worship, he can't steal your victory because worship is the weapon that defeats the enemy. I, I'm just yakking here. I'm just telling you what God told me. I'm just telling you how I'm navigating through life right now. Maybe this isn't about you. Maybe it's just about me, but I believe God is saying, hey, I need you to take a time out. I need you to, I, I need you to press pause, and, 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 and we need to consider, do we still have our song in our mouth? Do we still have our worship? Do we still have our praise? Why? Because your worship is, a, is, 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 is your weapon. You know this, right? Second Chronicles 20. God's people have been surrounded. You know, Jehoshaphat, king there, he's leading God's people, and they've been surrounded, much like we see today, Russia, that has surrounded Ukraine, and they're surrounded, and they're panicking, and they're going, oh, our, our life is over. What are we going to do? And so they begin to pray. They begin to seek God, and the prophet comes to Jehoshaphat, and he gives him a very unique war plan. He says, here's what you're going to do. He says, you're going to defeat the enemy, but then here's how you're going to defeat the enemy. I'm talking about your, your worship being a weapon. I'm talking about the enemy trying to steal your song because he knows how important, how valuable it is to your faith. He tells Jehoshaphat, he says, he says, here's what you're going to do. You're going to get a group of worshipers and they're going to go before everybody else and they're going to sing and they're going to worship and you're going to begin to march towards the enemies can you can you imagine how crazy that is if if if, if the president of ukraine said hey you know what we're not going to use weapons we're not going to use guns we're not going to use tanks we're, you know what we're going to do we're just going to get some worshipers and we're just going to start marching towards the russian army you would think he's crazy this is what's going on in the Bible. This action absolutely seems crazy. Like, really, we're going to march towards the enemy, and we're going to get some people up front. We're going to get our worship team up front. We're going to get the people of God up front, and they're going to praise. And here's what their song was. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And that's all they sang is they just put them before all the other military. They put them out front, and they begin to march towards the enemy, and they begin to sing and praise, declaring, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. I wonder what would happen when you pulled in that gas station the next time. Instead of cussing, all of a sudden say, Praise the Lord, his mercy endures Oh, I'm telling you, your weapon is your worship. Your weapon is your song. I wonder what would take place the next time instead of complaining and griping and fearing and worrying and running and panicking. 
just begin to open your mouth and declare, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. I, I wonder what kind of church that would be in the earth instead of griping and complaining and fearing and worrying and running and scared like the rest of the world runs. I wonder what would happen if we gathered together and got our song back and declared, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Second Chronicles 20, 22. Notice what happens. The moment they begin to sing and give praise, notice what happened. The Lord caused their enemies to be defeated. Oh, you didn't hear that. Let me, let me read that again. The moment they begin to sing, yeah, but pastor, I need some real help. Hello. This is your real help. It's called supernatural help. It may not make sense to you, but it's God's sense. The moment they begin to sing and give praise, notice what happens. The Lord caused their enemies to be defeated. Praise the Lord. Come on. You're looking for answers today. You're looking for help today. Why would God say, hey, I need you to pause. I need you to take a break. I need you to focus on what really matters. I need your song back in your mouth. I need the worship back in the people's mouth. Praise the Lord, for His mercy endures forever. Uh, just a side note here in the story, because I'm really not wanting to preach all these stories, but here's a side note, is that their enemy was actually 17 miles away. 17 miles away. So, so, so they're, they're walking towards their enemy, which means that this didn't happen in 10 seconds. And sometimes your victory is not going to happen in 10 seconds. This means that they had to march all day long. It would take them all day before they ever got to the enemy line. And you know what they did? They came to church. And they said, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. 17 miles. Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures. Praise, praise the Lord for his mercy. Oh, 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 oh. Hours up. Oh, I got to get out of here. I got to get to my brunch. Praise the Lord. I wonder if we'd stay long enough to see victory. I wonder if we're committed enough to see victory. I wonder if we're stubborn enough to keep declaring and worshiping. And for 17 miles, they were committed. How long will you be committed? Through the gas prices? Huh? Through the circumstances? Through the pain? Through the disappointments? How, how, how long will you, how long will you live your faith? How committed are you to what you, um, how long are you committed to the Lord that you confess as your Lord and Savior? Is he Lord and Savior for all 70 miles? Yes, or if it gets too long, are you out of here? Or if a pandemic shows up, forget it. I ain't coming around. Or if she runs out on you or he runs out on you or she disappoints you or he disappoints you or that person dies and you don't get it, you don't understand, are you still going to trust him? Are you, I'm, I'm talking to people. I'm talking to people that have put their harps up in the willow tree. 
Are you committed until you see your enemy utterly defeated? The Bible says in Psalm 68, 1, let God arise and let your enemies scatter. Aha! Woo! When we worship, God rises up in our defense. When we worship, here's me, the devil, the devil starts running. The enemy runs when the church begins to worship. Have you lost your song? Has life got hard? Did you get confused along the way? 13 miles in? Did, did, the, did the service get too long for you? Did life, did life get too long for you? It wasn't about COVID. It's not about the war. It's not about the divorce. It's not about the gas prices. It's about your song. Because your, your song is your weapon that will defeat the enemy. Because at the end of the day, my God has promised that all things work together. Come on, I wish I could get all things work together for the good of them that love him, that are called by his. Come on, there is... Your song is your weapon. Your worship is your weapon. Why? Why? Because your worship, what is worship? Worship has to deal with worth. It's, it's esteeming God's worth. Worth. It's, it's, it's giving Him His worth. It's worship is, I'm, I'm, I'm giving God His worth. I'm esteeming Him. He's my God. It's, I'm giving Him my love. He's, He's my Lord. He's my Savior. I'm doing life with Him. I'm committed to Him. Even in the even in the difficulties, even in the pain, even in the trials. The Bible says, let God arise. When you worship, God gets bigger. He inhabits the praises of his people. When, when God rises up, every devil in hell, every problem in life stops, starts running. I'm here to tell you, I've come, I've come to remind somebody today that, that, that your worship is your weapon. I like President Zelensky of Ukraine. Don't you like him? <laughs> uh, you guys act like you lost an hour. I don't care. I don't need you fired. I'm all fired up all by myself. I like President Zelensky because when they gave him a way out, hey, we'll, we'll come in there and give you a ride. <laughs> sounds, sounds like what the devil did to people last couple years. Hey, I'll give you a ride out of this. So I don't need a ride. I, I, need, some, I need some ammunition. Woo, I'm going to battle. I'm going to war. Some of you, you need to take your song back. You need to take your ammunition back. Come on. You need to go to war and begin to declare Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. I'm almost done. I'm, I'm almost done. I'm just, I'm just preaching to myself. I, I needed this today. I, I hope you're getting blessed too. This is really what it all came out of, is, and I made mention to it last week, is David had lost his child 
his child had died. And I was reminded of that story when Tom came last week. One day after his wife had died, one day after she had transitioned out of the physical realm into the heavenly realm, I mean, who does that? If anybody has a right, if anybody's got to say so, if anybody has an excuse to say, I don't feel like singing today, well, wouldn't it be him? The next day, what does he do? He sits right there, he plays the keys, and he worships. Come on. What's your problem? What's your excuse? Why did you hang your harp up? I'm here to tell you, get your harp back down. Get your worship back in your mouth. And, and, and uh, just in case you don't know the story, David's son had died. And, man, he had spent seven days, and he's, he's flat on the ground. He's not eating a thing, and he hasn't bathed. He hasn't done nothing, but he's cried out to God. God, God, please don't let my baby die. Oh, God, please. God, you could change this. You could fix it. And he cries out to God. He prays and he seeks God for seven days. His servants are so afraid to disturb him, they just stand on the sides and watch him for seven days. He's crying out to God. God, please. Please, please change the situation. All of a sudden, on the seventh day, David looks up and he sees his servants talking. And he realizes his son has died. And he looks at them and says, has my son died? He says, yes, sir, your son has died. And when David's world falls apart, David refused to fall apart. Just because of the pandemic, just because of the war, just because of the gas prices, just because you didn't get the job you want. Listen, just because your world is falling apart doesn't mean you have to fall apart. And the Bible says that David got up from that place and he went and bathed himself cleaned himself up and before he does anything else you know what he does he goes to the house of the let me read it for you just in case you think i'm lying first samuel 12 20 then david got up from the floor he washed himself he changed his clothes and got dressed then he went into the lord's house to worship to worship if anybody had a reason to hang their harp up, hello, David, who wrote most of the Psalms. He kept his harp, and he went into the house, and he worshiped. Why? Because David refused that when his world was falling apart, he wasn't going to fall apart, that he knew the key to his victory was to keep the song in his mouth. I could show you illustration. Job did the same thing. In one day, Job loses it all. <laughs> We're going to talk about Job in the weeks ahead. I'm going to break that book down and bring some understanding. It's a crazy book. 
wouldn't advise anybody to read that on their own. Job loses it all, and one day he loses all of his resources. I mean, that'd be enough to make some of you mad. Bless God, I ain't going to church ever again. Job loses all of his wealth. Job loses all of his servants, all of his help. Job loses his kids. He loses so much in one day. It got so bad, his wife looks at him and says, you're the most miserable thing. You should curse God and die. I mean... <laughs> And as soon as Job got the news, after messenger after messenger, after bad news, after bad news, after bad news, after bad news, you know what Job did? He got up and he tore his clothes. In fact, in fact let me read it. When, when Job heard this, he got up and tore his clothes, and then he bowed down to the ground to worship God. Well, you would tear your clothes too if you were shocked with that much news, but he didn't stay there. The Bible says he freaked out, couldn't believe what had happened, and one day lost, lost it all. If anybody had an excuse not to show up for church, wish I could get an amen in this church today. Huh? If anybody had a reason to hang their harp up, it should have been Job, right? But what does Job do? He keeps his harp and he worships his God. Now, now there, there's a lot of other stuff that goes on in that book. We're going to talk about it in the, in the weeks ahead because De Job did have his challenges. But do you know at the end of the book, the Bible says, and God restored twice as much back to Job, that the latter part of his life was much better than the beginning part. I'm here to tell you, get ready for the double. The double is coming to the people of God. Come on, somebody. It's restoration time. These guys say, hey, I ain't got much. I'm only going to be there like, I'm only going to preach five minutes. Oh, well, here we go. Just one last one, just maybe one. I could, I could go on, but I, I remember a couple guys that were put in prison. <laughs> they, they weren't doing nothing wrong. You know, if they, they were just casting out devils, doing kingdom work, loving on God. And the Bible says that that, that, that Paul and Silas, in Acts 16, 25, thrown in prison, shackled to the wall, thrown in, into the inner parts of the prison where the sewage was, where rats were running wild. And the Bible says that at midnight, instead of hanging up their harp, you know what they begin? Well, let's just read it. Let's just read it. It says here, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly, somebody ought to get ready for a suddenly. I believe a suddenly is getting ready to happen to the people of God. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. Complete victory. What had them bound, God set them free. Why? Because they didn't take their harp and hang it on the tree of discouragement, the tree of brokenness. Where, where, where's your harp? I, I can't 
worship for you. You can't worship for me. I know we've been going through hell. I know we've got some pain. I know, I know that if we want to get in a pity party, we can all compare each other's problems, but that's not going to get us anywhere. I wonder what would happen if we, kept, if, we kept, if we stopped focusing on the problem, start focusing on the solution, and got our harps back from the, the tree of sorrow and start worshiping. I wonder, I wonder if suddenly could begin to happen for the people of God. I wonder if revival could begin to happen. Come on, somebody. I, I believe it's a suddenly time. I believe, I believe prison doors are getting ready. I think things are getting ready to open up for the people of God. Somebody ought to shout yes. Ben, ben, come on up here. Ben, come up here. I've just come to remind you, if the devil can't take your song, he can't take your victory. If the devil can't take your worship, he can't destroy your life. The reason why he's on this piano is not because he's hurting. He's not hurting. It's because he knows how to get victory. I'm here to tell you, get your heart back down. I know it's been painful. I know it's been difficult, but it's time. It's time to sing your song again. It's time to worship again. <laughs> Reminds me of a story. Some of you might have heard of this an elderly woman who had run out of food. She began to call out to God and worship God. You're, you're my God. She, she's hungry. You're my Jehovah Jireh. God, God you're, you're my provider. Instead of being quiet, she's opening her mouth. She's crying out to God. She's worshiping God. God, God I know you're going to provide for me. God, I know that you're going to make a way for me. God, God, I'm going to praise you, and I'm going to declare your, your goodness because you are my solution. And when she's doing that, her next-door neighbor, who happened to be an atheist, heard her praying and worshiping God. He said to himself, what, what a fool. What a crazy, crazy woman. I, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll buy her some groceries and trick her into thinking that God did it. So, so he buys some groceries and puts it at the front door, and she comes out, and she sees the groceries the next morning, and she's just like, God. She's so happy and so beside herself. She starts singing and dancing, and God, you did it. You did it, God. You did it. And she worshiped, and she worshiped, and she worshiped her, her God. And then next week she ran out of food again. So she began to cry out to God, God, I need your help. You are my Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider. And next morning, she goes out to the front door, and she sees the groceries there, and she's elated. And she begins to worship the Lord. Lord, you did it again. You're so awesome. God, I praise you. I worship you. And now, because it's happened a few times, her faith begins to rise up, and Next week, when she gets close to running out the food, she gets her song back in her heart and her mouth, and she worships God, and she praises God, and she's excited about, about, about her faith. And she says, Lord, this week, can, can you provide some lobster? Can, can, you, 
Can you provide some filet mignon this time, Lord? Can, can, can you make it Whole Foods and not this Albertson stuff? God, no more GMO, just some, some organic food. And she's worshiping and <laughs> she's praising. And her neighbor hears it all. And so he does what he's been doing. He goes and buys her food. And then and this time he hides in the bushes. So when she comes out that morning, she sees the food. She just is besides herself. Oh, God, you're awesome. I knew you were my Jehovah Jireh. And she's worshiping and she's praising God. And all of a sudden, the guy jumps out of the bush and says, You are such a fool. God didn't provide that food for you. I've been feeding you for weeks. The woman's stunned. She's stunned by her atheist neighbor and she thinks for a moment and she just gets her song back into her mouth and she starts just starts praising God again God thank you well God you did it again and you even made the devil pay for it come on somebody the devil's getting ready to pay for this I said the devil is getting ready Come on, stand to your feet, stand to your feet. I want to Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc/give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 